I like, I don't remember it, but my mom has retold me that I would ask her like, hey mom, can I just have like sandwiches? Like, can you just like make, like, can you just like make, basically, like, can you make me white food so that like people don't pick on me and point out that I'm weird? Cause, yeah, I remember having similar moments yeah. for sure. I think that's like, a, I think food is a big thing of just like in terms of, I love Persian food and I did love Persian food, but like I did not like being called out for being different. Like mm. I think my I think a lot of my life came out about or came to be about not being different. Humans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of La Mescla, the show where we explore all the intricacies, intersections, and horrible awkwardness of being a mixed race or first generation human who grew up in this country. Uh, I'm Adrian Burke. I'm the creator and host of this show. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening to it. <laughs> and hi to all the new people. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and follow on all the other platforms and whatnot. Uh, really excited for this episode. Uh, let's get to it. Our guest today is none other than the amazing Lita Darmian. Lita is an Iranian-American, New York-based actor, comedian, and writer. She graduated from NYU, where she studied acting. She's a house performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York, where she performs sketch with her house team, Night Eaters. She improvises with a team called The Place We Live. Uh, you can also see her performing even more sketch with her team, Kids These Days, who tour all over the country. She's also a co-creator and producer of the all-female variety show Fly Girls, which very soon will be debuting on uh, MNN Public Access in Manhattan. Uh, Lita is one of my favorite people ever. I, you can't see my face, but I'm smiling ear to ear because truly Lita is one of my closest friends, and I was so excited to have her on the show. We had a great conversation uh, about growing up on the West Coast, uh, discovering a love of acting and comedy, and then moving to New York to really pursue that, and what role Lita's heritage as an Iranian woman has played in her work and life. I really think you're going to like this one, so please enjoy. I got a long way to go, but as far as I know, I'm going to stay on this road, man. What? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I watched Roma. You did? Mm-hmm. When? Two nights ago. What What are your impressions? I was so sad. Yeah, it's pretty devastating. But also Beautiful. hopeful. I think there's like an element of hope to it. All right. A faint one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark movie for sure. I remember when my sister went to see it, because I went and saw it alone at the Landmark Theater on like the one that's all the way on the West Side Highway on like 57th Landmark Street. Landmark 57. That's right. <laughs> we all know it we in know. New York. Uh, I, I went at like 4 p.m. on like a Wednesday or something because I had the day off. So it was literally me and a bunch of 75-year-old white people. And then literally next to me was like this gaggle of like what clearly were kids who like grew up on the Upper West Side and they're like film buffs. It's like a bunch of like white kids going to the movies in the middle of the day, but they were very performatively crying throughout the whole movie and i was very moved and it like in tears at many points during it but i would just turn to my right and just see three like intellectual looking white kids just like weeping uncontrollably Aww. and i was like i i guess this is nice but it makes me feel weird yeah i had i had thoughts that i was gonna like see like set myself up to like see it in a way like that like very romantically by myself yeah in the theater whatever um but i eventually was like i'm not gonna make it out of the theater before the oscars so i watched it that's fair. Room. Well, that's the thing. I, the movie's gotten a lot of shit for being a Netflix movie and for being on Netflix. But that, uh, to me, it's like, how many people would have seen this movie if it wasn't on Netflix? Yeah, that's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I hope she wins. The Oscars are tomorrow. I know. By the time this comes out, we people we will, will know. know. We, we will know. know. I, I don't know. I, I actively felt like that movie, I felt like I was watching a Criterion movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I was like, this feels but like, like it will in be real studied. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it will be studied yeah. in film classes. For sure. And it was, it was just so filmy. And I liked that it felt very 1970s. That was great. Yeah. But I just, my, honestly, my critique is that I didn't feel like he focused on her enough. Like, I don't, like, mm. she didn't, I like wanted it to like be more like in her face. And it very much was like. Uh, framed a way of like this is what it feels like. right i just it was a little like I, there was there was distance there was between distance. her and the yeah. camera yeah no i get that i totally get that because i think she was wonderful oh she was incredible i had i think it, it hit me in a very personal place because mm -hmm. like my my grandmother in lima she has 
uh, a woman named Teresa who comes and cooks and cleans and does all that stuff for every day. And Teresa has, I think, mostly indigenous blood. So mm -hmm. it was like literally like watching my grandmother's young life, oh. <laughs> which was like an added element. But I think I kind of agree with that. I love the movie, but it definitely there were points because he does all these like big, huge, yeah, giant wide gorgeous. shots yeah. that are gorgeous. Uh, and it does a good job of like putting her story in the context of the world mm -hmm. and the country at the time. Mm -hmm. But I I do kind of agree that I wanted more like inner life, life yeah. of her. But it was still great. Even uh, that so is good. such a chill like critique. It's just like, yeah. I just wanted more, which is a good thing to say. <laughs> chill critiques with Lita and Adrian. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even introduced you yet. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to keep all that though. Okay. <laughs> like our intelligent discussion. Oh my God. I was just like, this probably sounds so... Fucking oh my god, like, you're fine. You're fine. Whatever. Hello, Lida. Hello, Adrian. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course, I've been trying to have you here for a very long time. I know, I know. I'm really happy to finally be here. Listen I'm so, to a lot of episodes. You're one of my best friends. And you mine, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, do the actual show now. Great. So this is La Mezcla. Thank you for doing this. So let's start with uh, just give me your, uh, your background, like where your parents from mm -hmm. and where you're from. And let's start from there. Cool. Okay. So both my parents are from Iran, and they immigrated here when they were 16 and 17, uh, not together, separately, and then they right. met here. And I, 16 and 17? Yeah. My mom was, uh, she, she was a foreign exchange student, so for her senior year, ah. she came out Oh, shit. Here. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she was, like, the family that she was the child of that that's not the way you say it she i get what you're saying you get what i'm saying uh they were in illinois so she spent her like senior year in chester illinois and then they like she went to school in tulsa mm -hmm. and my dad came after he graduated high school in iran and he ended up like being in like different places like indiana like just like kind of like roaming around and uh -huh. then he also settled like they met in Tulsa, but oh. then moved down to Dallas, Texas, which is where I'm from. How did so? From. How did they meet? Do you know? I mean, this was like uh, so. It was like '77 was when my mom came over, and I think '78 was the Iranian Revolution. And I mm -hmm. could be messing up those dates, but that was about the time. So my mom came here, and I think once she was here, it was like, oh shit, there's like the Iran hostage crisis and a revolution yeah. happening back home. I'm not gonna go back it's like wow. it was just like not in a place where she Jeez. could uh really. so was there like a long time where she didn't see her family um i think what happened was that she yes it was sort of a long time but then she like eventually brought her like two sisters out here gotcha. like she like helped them come out here and i think like then she after a while went back home but it was like years um so yeah she came out here was in was in tulsa and I think, like, there was a bit of a Persian community there, like, mm. at her school. She, like, knew other people, and I think it was That's just, so like, dope. Who would not Who would think that know. there would I be, know. like, a Persian community in Tulsa? Well, she so she went to school for petroleum engineering because she was, like, at the time, she's like, oil was really big in, like, right. whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. early 80s and for Iran. So um, I think that was part of it. Anyway, so that's like like still she still has like a group chat called like the Tulsa Gang or something. I it's love very that. sweet. Yeah. That's so she's cute. like, these are my friends from Tulsa. I was like, uh, the romantic city of Tulsa. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> um so I think they kind of like met through like I think especially when you're like young and in a place, especially in like the early eighties yeah. where like you are not necessarily like embraced by white southerners. Oh yeah, being an, you definitely being an Iranian <laughs> person in the early 80s in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, you definitely hold on to other people that like look at you just like I think they sort of like created their own community there. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, I think that's just like how her and my dad met. That's awesome. Crazy, yeah. And then so then you're born in Dallas. Dallas. So I think like I think at some point I should get these details better for my mother. Um <laughs> they, <laughs> they went down to Texas cuz the the family that like you know was my my mom calls it like her american mom and dad uh-huh uh, my grandpa and grandma um they like i i like grew up with them as being like also my grandparents i have like technically three sets of grandparents gotcha. but they were very close they ended up moving down to texas too and i think like that i like very, they're very much they're my texas grandparents um but they all came down to texas and it was like for a job anyways yeah. That's, then I was there. <laughs> then, <laughs> so then, when you're there, you are you're growing up in Texas for a while, just for a little bit. So yeah, my parents uh, during that whatever that '80s time, my parents like got married, 
they had me pretty quickly divorced. Um, like when I was like 15 months old, they divorced. Mm-hmm. And then I was in Texas until I was like six. And I like moved with my mom for her job. She moved to California with where one of my aunts lives. So she's like, well, gotcha. They're like, you have to move to either Denver or Southern California. And she's like, well, my sister's in Southern California, so I'm going there. Solid. So, so where in Southern California? In a little town called Agora Hills. Okay. It's, I've literally never heard of it in my life. Yeah, it's 40 minutes north of, like, L.A. proper. Gotcha. It's L.A. County for all my L.A. nerds out there. <laughs> and, um, a lot of, uh, I've been getting huge. a solid amount of, uh, of California people subscribing to the diverse, show. very diverse, so... Yeah. I believe it. I Is that know. so? What was Agora Hills like demo wise? Because you were doing most of your formative years. There, yeah. Right? So from from like whatever six and a half, seven to eighteen, I was there or nineteen. Yeah. Um, maybe twenty. I uh, like who are you hanging out with? What's right. the deal? I guess a lot of white kids for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. A pretty white town. I feel like maybe by now the demographics have changed, but like. It's about, like even like when I was in Texas for a little bit, I was people like the way they talked to me were they were like, "Are you black?" And I was like, "I'm surprised no. you didn't get Mexican." Did people think you were Mexican? When I when I went to L.A., I did, yeah. but I think like at that whatever early '90s in Texas, right. I don't know if like it, the, not that the demographic wasn't there, but I think that's just like what, Dallas is. I think pretty white <laughs> the part <laughs> yeah. that I was living in. Um, but yeah, that was like the question, and I like went home and I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, am I black?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like one of those things like you don't see yourself. You don't see that you are quote unquote like different. You don't look like everyone. Right. Yeah. So other people say it to you. Then you're like, oh my God, wait, someone it, tell something's me. Something's wrong with me. Do, am I different? I didn't know. Um, so yeah, Agora Hills was pretty white. There was a, there like because it's Southern California, there is like a Latinx population that's like pretty big, not like huge, but like there was for definitely sure. yeah, for sure. that there. And then lots, uh, it's pretty there's a big Jewish community, a big Mormon community. Yeah. And like I think at, I think in high school I could count that there were like maybe like nine or ten black kids. Like That's what my high school like, was what's like. Not That's what my high school was like. A lot. And people. Now, was your mom, like are you being, I know you said like earlier in her life she was finding pockets of other Persian people mm-hmm. to, to be around. Mm-hmm. But as far as your childhood goes, are you being raised sort of in the culture or are you being raised in a little bit more of an assimilated environment? So I think it was a mix. So there were like certain instances of me like when I was growing up in Texas that I think sort of like when I ended up moving to California, I was like, like uh, people could like start to sense that like I was not white and like that I was like sticking out. And I would like, I remember bringing like one of my favorite foods, which is just cotta, which is just like, it's basically like a beef patties mixed with potatoes. It's mm-hmm. delicious. But I remember bringing it to like my kindergarten for like lunch and people are like ew what is that is that tree bark and i was like oh my oh, no. god like it's like that opening scene of my big fat greek wedding of like <laughs> yeah. like it's just like people are just like <laughs> say the name is... of the dish again muskaka that's not mine oh my dish no, your dish cutlet okay it's like c-u-t-l-e-t it'd be like cutlet yeah but yeah, yeah no i think with I've a persian accent yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure i've told you about it <laughs> but uh yeah so it's just like things like that would happen and i like i don't remember it but my mom has re-told me that I would ask her, like, hey, mom, can I just have, like, sandwiches? Like, can you just, like, make, like, can you just, like, make, basically, can you make me white food so that, like, people don't pick on me and point out that I'm weird? Yeah, I remember having similar moments, for sure. I think that's, like, I think food is a big thing of just, like, in terms of, I love Persian food, and I did love Persian food, but, like, I did not like being called out for being different. Like, Mm. I think my, I think a lot of my life came out about, or came to be about not being different. Yeah. And so I was like a very, very shy, quiet kid. So totally. that was like stuff like that. So at home, there was definitely like the, a little bit of Persian stuff, but because it was just me and my mom, I like spoke in English, you know, with yeah, her. And course, then yeah. if I went to like my aunt's house where my grandma was there, there would be a little bit more of the Persian culture. But. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I felt think, like I was like yeah. code switching. I mean, we've, for sure. we've obviously yeah. talked about this a lot, not mm-hmm. on a podcast, yeah. but I think we've had some similar, some similar experiences. Because yeah. I was the, we would speak Spanish in the house and then increasingly less and less. I think for the same motivation. I mean, I grew up on the East Coast, but it sounds like a fairly similar demographic school and neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it was the same type deal of like, I don't want to be different i just want to i just want to be like everybody else yeah and like as i got older that's completely reversed (laughs) yeah i get that yeah it was yeah just things feel so traumatic when you're younger like when Mm. like your friends draw a picture of you and they're all using like peach or pink to color their skin (laughs) and then you get like dark brown and it's like wait what like i don't i don't think it like 
the accurate, whatever about it being accurate or not. It's just sort of like, oh, you think I look so different from you. Like yeah. you think that like this, whatever color represents me. Cause you know, tan wasn't a popular marker color, but it was just like, <laughs> okay, I guess I am different because the way this picture looks, yeah. I don't know. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch. She can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. And as you're getting uh, as you're getting a little older, maybe like high school years mm-hmm. and like going into I know you ended up going to New York for mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. but um, maybe around high school years are people because at least where I grew up, people had a really prejudiced view of uh, people of Middle Eastern heritage mm-hmm. at all. But Iran specifically had really? like a very bad. Right? It's just like a lot of conservative people mm-hmm. like uh, would really talk a lot of shit. Like, yeah. is that ever something that came up? Um. I think... Or were people even aware right. that you were Iranian? Or it was just like, Definitely oh, she's not. brown. No way. Uh, no, people... There's just a lot of like, what are you? Why do you... Like, you look different, but not... I can't place my finger on it. That's been my whole life. But yeah. um, I think, honestly, post like 9-11... Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind, that, of, why, kind oh, of why I asked. Yeah, that definitely was like a very big... Whatever thoughts I had in passing of like, hmm, I might be a little different. I don't know. But then post 9-11, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that country we're all hearing about, Afghanistan, they all speak Farsi there. My my family speaks Farsi right. and it's right next to Iran. Yeah. Like, And then like Iraq and like all these things are like, Iraq, isn't that like Iran? Like it's just sort of like this like, oh my God, I do not want to talk about it. There is a – like um, Los Angeles itself is the highest population of Persian people outside of Iran. Mm-hmm. So it's very big. My town of Agora Hills isn't that, like, there are some, but it wasn't huge. But it did sort of feel like, oh, God, I, like, don't like people talking about this. Yeah. It, it's the I don't wrong know if, kind of visibility. Absolutely. Like. And I think things that, like, I was aware of was, like, uh, because my parents were divorced, I would fly between them um, for most uh, winter breaks, summer breaks, all of that. And after a while, they, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to like meet people at the gate anymore mm. and like especially yeah um my father like a tall iranian man who i'm sure we're all on a list but like he yeah. like obviously yeah. would like flag people he'd like and he's so like nice about it like in terms of like he would always be searched and stuff and he mm. always like took it like because he's a also an iranian man in texas like yeah, he's always just been like very did like, your parents e- ever it, either but... of them like give you a talk about that nope mm. I, it's not something i think people at that time knew to have a talk about and it wasn't like I was not I was pretty lucky because I not that I passed but I just like don't there isn't like a huge like oh she's definitely Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. really at least it just it was just a a mix of other things that people assumed I was so I felt like I was okay but sometimes the ambiguity can can yeah it can be (laughs) in my favor weirdly but it, it wasn't ever like that but I think it definitely just like felt a shift and it because I was already like nervous about being not normal and not normal, but like uh, my perceived uh, what everyone else was. And I was like, oh, I know I stick out. Right. I don't want to like dig my heels into this anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. totally. Yeah. So when are you performing in high school? Are you doing creative stuff? Yeah, I loved being in play. <laughs> Just like the school plays. Definitely. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. What are we talking here? You're doing musicals? Uh, doing musicals. Yeah. What's... In middle school, there was like a lot of musicals. So we did, uh, we did Grease. We did Wizard of Oz. We did Bye Bye Birdie. Yes. Yeah. We did yes. We did Grease twice. <laughs> While you were there? Chorus Line, yeah. Wow. There's like an after school program that Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That did it. So yeah, I, I did, did something similar. Things. How many other Persian people were in the school plays? Zero, baby. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Just bet, me repping out there. I bet that was another case of like, oh, I'm different. It actually, for like, because it's like, like a, it wasn't necessarily community theater, but it was like an after school program theater. It was probably a place that I didn't feel as mm. weird and different because yeah. it was just like we are just trying to get these kids into art and like yeah, it was nice That's, because I'm I didn't, forever thankful for my after yeah. school theater program for that because I just didn't think about it and like I'm not saying that like I thought honestly I did not start thinking so much about like my culture and the way I like maybe present till I moved to New York mm. like it was obviously it was just like <laughs> there were so many white people and I just like knew I was like. Not white, not black, but just like other. So yeah, 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 yeah. whatever it was, it didn't 
it didn't super strike me. And those things are just sort of like, oh, I'm really shy and this performing lets me not be shy for a little bit. Gotcha. Which was, I was like, oh, well, like I'm allowed to like be loud and fun because it's a play and they want us to be loud. But um, so that was definitely like a nice thing. But I guess I didn't like think about it as, I didn't think about my culture and how it reflected on me as much until I moved to New York. Interesting. Yeah. And you moved to New York to go to acting school. So clearly like the school plays bit you enough that you wanted to. Oh, I knew I wanted to be an actor like since I could remember. Really? I was like, I want to be an actor. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I was like so shy and like definitely didn't have It took me a minute. I I think I've told you the story. I don't know if I've told this story on this show, but uh, like I, being an actor was never a thing in my mind until my mother literally dragged me kicking and screaming to an acting class. Oh, wait, how old are you? That's sweet. I was in like fifth grade or oh something like that so i i basically i i think it was mostly i was like a sports kid and mm. like which i still like sports You're still a sports kid i don't understand sure. these like <laughs> artists who are just like fuck sports i'm like it's all a part of culture maybe mm-hmm. don't be so close-minded about it but anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway uh i like i never had any consideration for performing arts and my mom came to this country partially like obviously many other reasons but she was a dancer mm-hmm. uh and she always wanted me to take dance class like she did flamenco and modern yes. dance she always wanted me to take dance classes and i was like hell no mm-hmm. like grew up in a very like macho heteronormative yeah. like the uh, uh town i was like absolutely not and she was like fine then you're gonna do an acting class because like this was Good after yeah. this was after my dad died yeah. so i was sort of like very like sit like down or yeah. whatever and I was like, I just want to play soccer and do nothing Aww. else. And she was like, well, you're going to an Too acting bad. class. Uh, and the rest, as they say, is it's history. history. Gotta love, gotta be thankful for immigrant moms. Of course. Yeah, my mom, oh my God. My mom, bless her, she like took me to everything. And I was like, mom, I want to take dance, but not just one type of dance. I want to take four. Like she would like get me to those classes. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, what a what a queen. I'm forever grateful of that. And like, um, I think I want to sing, <laughs> like voice lessons, just yeah. like everything. I feel so, so lucky. Uh, shout outs to mamas. Shout outs to mamas. Our mamas, especially. Especially mm-hmm. our mamas. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's talk about moving to New York. Uh-huh. Uh, so yes. So for school, I, I took a year off between high school and college, and then I came out to New York to NYU for acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, it was so great because I like was like, oh my gosh, these are like all the artsy cool people yeah. that like I wish I NYU was NYU will definitely give oh you that God, feeling. Right? Uh, that I was like, oh my God, finally, it's like all these like worldly, very like chill people. I'm so excited. And they were like all together in, in my head. It, it felt like just like finally people were like so accepting. Yeah. But more aware of the fact that I became more aware of the fact that people are like, so where are you from? Like that, like yeah. I got that so much. Well, you're moving to a city. Yeah. It's a city of immigrants and it's all these cultures thrown together. Even at a yeah. NYU is more homogenous than sure. other communities mm-hmm. for sure. But mm-hmm. that must've been a big culture shock. Yeah. But it was like, I always just like, I always wanted to be an actor. I was like, I always wanted to live in New York city. Like I just like mm. wanted to be where it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but you yes. grew up outside of LA, which is also where it's happening. I mean, it, it's also where it's happening, but like for me, LA represented this like, uh, like blonde, yeah. white, like, like to be like to wear like crop tops and go to the beach and all these things. And I was like, I am the opposite of all these things. Yeah. I like, I have dark hair. I have like tan skin, but like I don't like going out. I like yeah. don't like getting darker because then I like, like am, I'm even whatever. I was had a, have, I was browner, and I was like I don't want to be this thing. And yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. like it makes me feel like I am standing out even more. And so that's I was really like, interesting. I was an indoor reading kid, all this stuff, and like I wasn't all about going to the beach. So I was like I want to be where people are like sad all the time <laughs> and depressed and working hard. And I mean that's um, a pretty apt description of yeah, New York City. Uh, so when people are like, you want to be an actress? Well, you're in L.A., so why would you leave? And I was like, because I don't feel like I can be a person here. Yeah. But I felt like I could yeah. come out and there's also be a person. There's, something, there's also something to be said for going far away. Yeah. Uh, like going far away can do a lot for mm-hmm. you to open your mind. I mean, I've, I grew up outside of New York. So we're weirdly like mirror yeah. images of each other. But I never went out to L.A. except for one time for a very limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. like it. Uh, but there's something to be said for like – Going to the place that, yeah, it's going to suit your ambitions and your needs, but Mm -hmm. the one that's further away so you can figure yourself out more as an individual. Yeah, I can, I definitely appreciate LA more now because I'm like, well, it's like that, that area is home and, and I love that. But I think I, if I had stayed there, I wouldn't have appreciated because I wasn't appreciating it when (laughs) I was there. Uh, I needed to go to like freezing temperatures to go back to enjoy 
Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're at NYU, you're taking acting classes, you're sort of branching out, figuring your shit out. Um, Is your your friend group changing at all? Is your uh, culture uh, coming into your work at all? Or is it, at this point, is it sort of just like honing my craft and figuring out what kind of artist I want to be? Oh, I don't think, uh, maybe not either of those things. I think uh, the way I was saying the Terrible question. No, no, no. It's not not a terrible question. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I probably just like wasn't aware enough to think about it at that time until like like, after I graduated about merging culture with art. But when, okay, so the way I said that middle school was very like, I didn't think about being like different, whatever, that theater side Mm -hmm. of things when I came into high school, uh, my some of the like theater directors. We ended up having three at, during our time there, but I like one of them kept putting me in roles that were like for a like I kept getting um, maid roles mm. and like uh, like service workers, like service workers, which no one else was getting that, yeah, and that's it was just like very clear his like bias of like. The theater program was like pretty white. Yeah. And I was just like, huh, that's like strange that I'm, I keep getting this thing. And then, I, like, we, then we got two different teachers and I was fine. Yeah, but why, why am I getting the nurse in Romeo and Juliet over? Oh, and I over wish. Again? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I did Romeo and Juliet after, I did Romeo and Juliet after uh, that teacher went away. But, um, <laughs> but I was just like, huh, this is, it's just, it just made me feel like I was like, am I being like weirdly, like low key typecast in this, like, mm because I'm not white. Like, I, I was in The Miracle Worker, but I played Viney, who was, like, the uh, family's, like, um, maid. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, wow, it's like, a, it's like a medium role. Like, yes, this is great. And then, like, the roles that I had before, I was like, oh, I played, like, two maids in that play. And I'm playing mm. it again. And I was like, oh, talk, my God. Talk yeah. about a microcosm of the actual yeah. industry. Yeah, and, and I was just like, I just want to, like, go act where people don't care about what, you know, what I fit into, it's just about, like, my acting, mm-hmm. which, you know, in NYU, I also played, I, like, have played characters that are not my race. That's right. Hair and I'm flip. Like, no, no, no. But I'm like, is this okay? I don't know if this is yeah. okay. I feel like you just don't have enough diverse actors in your programs. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. Not to, I mean, thank you so much for accepting me. I'll be paying off your loans forever, but. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Uh, so when does comedy come into the equation? Are you doing comedy stuff while you're still in school or does that happen afterwards? Um, so during high school, there was like a very, we had a very hop in comedy sports improv short form I want everyone to know that Lita's making insane hand (laughs) gestures I was doing a lot of, uh, rock on fingers. So just do that as you listen to this. (laughs) We had like a really big, like improv was huge at our school. Really? That's unusual. It, it, it really is unusual that's really weird <laughs> i mean okay really i feel like at my school occasionally i mean me and i think i mentioned this on the last episode but me and my good friend rob tantrum uh started our own improv club where we like taught it which was insane cool because cat. neither of us were qualified that's to fine. do that but i think that was like the only improv that our school had ever seen our school had weekly comedy sports matches. There was a JV and varsity wow. and I think freshman team. Oh my like, God. So were the kids who like wanted all the time, were they like the jocks of the school? No. I mean, our school is pretty, there wasn't, any, there weren't any like huge like click shit happening between people. It was just sort of like everyone's doing their own thing, but like it felt like the communities of those things were just separate and big. Yeah. For the drama kids, comedy sports was like the cool, very yeah. cool thing. Um. Never. I mean, it's literally like a, right, right. adding a sports element into it. For sure, it. yeah. Um, famously, did not ever get on after three times of trying. Wow, famously, so, famously. To this day, they to still this talk day, about they it. Still do- oh God, no! They're like, don't bring it up. Get over it. Um, yeah. So that, but it was like very big, and it was like affiliated with Comedy Sports LA. Gotcha. So gotcha. in high school, I was like, Mom, please drive me. Can you like drive me on Friday night to like Hollywood to go see like these like long form improvised shows oh, at the theater? And of course, Mama. And did of course, it. Mama did. Shout out to moms again. <laughs> but that was like, that was where the start for uh, comedy. Like, or that's where the love of I guess live comedy came for me. I always yeah. liked you know all the things that people like this. So then, when you're in New York, are you also going to see shows there? No, <laughs> I did not. Uh, so because you were a serious actor, no, they. I mean, my program was very much like don't do other training programs that might like conflict with what we're teaching. Yet. I've heard of NYU Studios doing that, and I never liked that. You know, they I'm try, like, why are you trying to like make me a cult member? No, it's because they. I, I, this is my own take of like 
uh, acting programs is that they kind of want to like break you down yeah. so that that you can like build and like know these things about yourself like yeah. you, after you like break away all the yeah but my favorite there. acting teachers have always been like uh, i'll even i'll shout out seth barish who will mm. never listen to this who's the artistic director of the barrow group no, for send sure. it yes mm-hmm. for sure send it to him when he's not busy directing broadway shows He's uh, not. He has Mondays off. But I'll to, send it to, to his him. credit, he would say stuff in class. I did like a year long apprenticeship there and he would say stuff in class of like, hey, look, like I'm not like you don't have to subscribe to everything mm-hmm. I say. Go take other classes, other places yeah. and make your Frankenstein monster of shit that works for you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you just have to do what works yeah, for you. That's definitely the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but that you just we get told things. You're like, well, I'm in a program. I have to listen. Yeah. yeah so yeah. loved comedy sports, went to a short form improv camp three times maybe. it's a week long but still really changed my life at the time <laughs> and then uh before during my year off before i came to college out here i was taking um i was i took classes at ucb mm-hmm. in la so oh, i took gotcha. i took no i took one after my freshman year here in la and then i took a second one during my, the, I took a year off during school because NIU, do you hear about it? It's expensive. Uh, so That's I did right. it again. Uh, so that was my like a little bit getting into the current comedy scene gotcha. that I'm in now. And now you're school. deep as hell into and it. And now I'm uh, buried in it for sure. Yeah. But yeah. That was, you're it, one of the busiest people I know as far as comedy stuff goes. I think that, um, thank you so much, I think. Uh, but I think it's just me <laughs> not planning well and just being like, there's so many things. I want to work with so many people. How do yeah. I do it all? Yeah. If people yeah, yeah, offer yeah. me something, it's like, I would love to work with you. Yes. Yeah. Because we so, met doing improv stuff, but now your world seems to be like mostly sketch. Yeah, I'm doing so much sketch. And I tell people it feels like the love child of improv and acting. For sure. Like, uh, of, I mean, like uh, theater acting, which is what I was doing for so long. Um, so it's just like a nice way that makes me feel like I can be like funny but yeah. use my acting. So tell us about the stuff they're working on right now. Sure. Um <laughs> I have three main sketch things that I do. One of them is I'm on a UCB mod team. That's right. Lucky to be. Yeah. House team baby. Yes, uh, night eaters right now. Um and that is so wonderful. It's just so great to meet really talented people and like it's luck I'm I feel lucky to be put on a team and have it all work nicely. So I do that. Um, I do an independent sketch team, uh, like we formed ourselves, called Kids These Days. We perform at the Pitt Theater. And then I produce a show with um, two great friends called Fly Girls. It's an all-female comedy sketch thing. Fly Girls has been running forever. You guys are killing it. Like uh, I feel like two and a half years, but we're about to put up a show on MNN, the Manhattan News Network. Oh, so cool. So cool. And we're also going to do a workout show at UCB. So these are things to look forward All to. All right. Killing the game right now. Just like anywhere that I could be in rehearsal all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's making yeah. myself busy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on the sketch teams, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you do you write stuff for kids these days? I do not write stuff for kids these days. They're like, you can write whenever you want. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm literally too busy to write. But here, I like yeah. my, I feel like my input to it is a lot of <laughs> feedback, which my team is so gracious about. Like, I'm just like, I think we should do this. This is what I know. This is like not, I don't want to say technically directing because we have like someone that is our director. Right. But I just give a lot of like input. Yeah. And the whole group works in a very collaborative way of just gotcha. sort of like, gotcha. you think this? Like, yeah, let's let's. Because on the mod team, you're an actor, not I'm a just, writer. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so you're primarily doing acting work for yeah, these this groups. Yeah, these are all acting. Is things. the itch to do more writing there or is it I want to keep on working on the acting? <laughs> I love performing and I want to do more and always get better. I think eventually I do want to write more, but I feel like I, I'm very like precious about like what I want to write. Yeah. Eventually, and me so too. I'm, I'm trying of, to get better about me that. Me too. That, which is the only way to get better yeah, is exactly. to write. But I'm, I'm like, tr- when would I do the it? The way I put it, I'm working on these scripts right now, and the way I keep on putting it to myself, and I say it out loud to friends. You know how you mm-hmm. like say stuff out loud to yeah. people so that you actually think it sure. to yourself. Yes. Uh, is just like I'm getting the mediocre ones out right mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting the shitty ones out right now, so that in five years, like I have the thing. Yeah, I've also. Heard this is not necessarily to that point, but I've heard that like when you're like I have plans to do something, and then when you tell someone, you get like the same like rush of adrenaline or like as actually whatever, doing as it. if you were to do it. Yeah. So it's kind of like maybe don't tell people you're gonna do stuff so yeah, that you don't feel like you did it. But it's a weird balance though, because then if you no, never yeah. tell anybody, it's not real. You should and be accountable, can, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But that's why sometimes when I just don't want to tell people that like I'm thinking I might try like characters or stand because I'm like once I tell them that, I'd be like. 
ah, that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, know yeah. I'm thinking it's about so it. It's so true. I can't tell you how many times, uh, as someone who's new to the like storytelling and stand-up mm-hmm. stuff, I can't tell you how many times before actually going out and doing shows, I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm getting into this. Oh, man. I've been working so much by myself at home. Don't ask to look at my notes, for sure. That's how, <laughs> that's how I feel. Oh, man. So mm. do you feel like, and it's perfectly fine if the answer is no, okay. but do you feel <laughs> like um, in any of the stuff that you're working on right now in New York, that your either specific cultural heritage as a Persian person is coming in or just the feeling of outsider otherness is entering mm, into your stuff yeah. at all? Um, I feel like it is not in a kind of freeing way. I, I feel like, similar to improv, I feel like in sketch, we are more like accepting of like, you don't necessarily have to pay, play your like, uh, bor- like born whatever the, that you are yeah you, I, don't oh, I have never to even thought play. about that because sketch is such a flexible form yeah. and you're often playing these so such heightened yeah, characters, heightened characters just like crazy characters i l- sometimes love that it doesn't come into play that i don't feel like i have to the way that like in commercial acting or theater acting which i right. also still pursue but not as much i feel very much like i have to be what i am portraying right. and i think what's really freeing about sketch and improv is that you don't have to. Right. Someone can be like, uh, we're doing uh, four lawyers and a baby. <laughs> we need lawyers. I don't know. Four lawyers anyone and could a be, baby sounds Literally dope. anyone can be a lawyer. Maybe I'm saying I could play the baby. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know no, what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. No, I see what you're saying. You know what saying. I mean? It's like the, the premises that come into sketch are not don't like i yeah. i can serve the thing without yeah. it having to serve me which and is i think kind what's okay. i think what's awesome about sketch specific because i've watched you like flourish into this like, <laughs> beautiful performer <laughs> for nice. a while now but what's cool is like it's true about improv in in the abstract that it's it's freeing mm. you can play whoever but mm-hmm. because it's improvised the 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 demographics of the group itself matter so oh, much sure. because yes, yeah. their their gut instinct is what's driving the content yeah. mm-hmm. and that it just shows implicit bias no matter yeah. what. And it's also, I think, I was just, I think I was saying that in terms of like improv is like you can declare like I am this right, yeah. in the moment. Yeah. But it is true that like as you're watching it, you're like just seeing a person wearing like jeans and a shirt doing their thing. Right. However, with like sketch, you are like creating this like very yeah. funny like layer of like, uh, look at this oversized suit and mustache. I'm a lawyer. Lawyers don't have to yeah. have mustaches. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like you are buying into this like, you you can see the reality that you have decided right. that this sketch and there's a there's a product at the end that yeah. you have yeah which is yeah. Dope. that's true I still think back to the days uh, shout out Jessa Damiak oh, of when we worked on her yes, show yes uh, which wasn't sketch but it was like borderline it was like pilot it was like under... it was this live pilot competition mm-hmm. show that we did a while yeah. ago uh, okay uh, so what where are we so we're in New York we're working on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are in terms of like um, maybe turning less from the theater world mm-hmm. and more to the uh, like commercial mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of experiences have you had there? I think uh, commercial world, honestly, not that much. I haven't done that much. Most calls I see are like for weird, funny, real to pretty is yeah. like the range. Or but whatever. we literally booked a commercial together. We did. Remember yes. That? Yeah. Thank you so much for helping me book. <laughs> My... uh, but like, how is the, I guess what I'm actually asking is how is the experience of working and auditioning in that world different from the, the comedy world? I feel like for commercials. Or not even just commercial mm-hmm. specifically, but mm-hmm. like the, the industry in industry, general. Yes, yes, yes. I'm speaking from commercials because I mostly do that sort of thing, uh, audition-wise. Mm-hmm. I think that while I was in school, I very much thought it was about, like, how skilled I am at acting and, like, can I play every part in this thing, whatever. But it, it's really not about that. I feel like it's yeah. about playing what you seem like you should play based off your looks. Yeah. That's um, something I'm learning the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just think, like, that is my take on it, not to, like, disparage at all of that. It, it it works and it does what it does, but it does. I don't as much feel like when I'm going into a commercial audition and saying my three lines of copy. I don't feel like, thank God I had that training. It was just yeah. sort of like, just be a person that knows how to say things, and you look like you look nerdy. Uh, go in there and be a little nerdy. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. I feel like it. My culture goes in comes into play more with like theater auditions. Mm-hmm. Like I've got how so. I just seem to get more work when it is a piece of theater or something that is like we're looking for like women of color to do this thing we're looking mm-hmm. for like ooh 
uh, like Middle Eastern, whatever. It's just like when, when I walk into one of those, they're just like, oh, good. Someone that's brown doing this. Like that's just like what it <laughs> – they feel like said, and it, it like one of those things of just like, oh, you, I'm getting in the room because I look like this, mm-hmm. because I'm check, checking your boxes, and then hopefully the acting comes into play for those situations. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about getting into the room because of checked boxes? It's shitty. It's really horrible. It's like one of those things. Just like not that I want to run away from my culture, who I am, but it's just like I wish my work could speak for itself. I'm sure a lot of right. people feel that. I feel fortunate to be able to do things, and it is sometimes so nice to get to do to do work that is representing like if it, it like if it is actually like an Iranian playwright or performer that I get to do their work I feel so grateful and lucky but I sometimes just wish I can just like be an actor acting yeah 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 I think, and I we literally texted about this the other mm-hmm. day. I'm in a, I'll just call Say this it. out. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. in a, I'm in an acting class right now. And I heard, I was in the elevator with two very talented, uh, but very uh, pretty white blonde women who I sort of uh, was trapped in an elevator with them while they had the conversation of, oh, nobody's looking for, for white people in comedy right now. They were specifically talking about like pilot mm-hmm, auditions, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that world. But it's something I've heard in many contexts, yeah. like the theater world included, and yeah. even like the comedy world included of this this conversation that white actors seem to be having right now of like, well, they're, I guess, because of the optics of diversity initiatives and mm-hmm. like the progress that that's making, it seems like a lot of white actors feel like, oh, nobody wants us anymore. Truly shocked what, that they yeah. would have this conversation. What is your response to in that? In public, I don't know. I understand well, having the, those feelings. That's the thing. That's like, the wow. thing about me being yeah, they, being a white passing, passing person mm-hmm. is like I walk like, among. Say in front of him. Exactly. Oh, I wa- I hear their secret conversations, man. Yeah. I'm trying to develop a bit about this where it's like I hear them behind closed doors because they think I'm fully one of them. Honestly, it, it's insane, and and I I hear what they're saying. I guess for them, they feel whatever by the experience. They're just like, I can't believe this happening to me. Fine. At the same time, sort of on the other end of things something I deal with constantly is feeling like the imposter syndrome of like, am I getting these things because I'm talented? Right. Or is it because I'm a woman that can do your show? I'm a woman of color that can do your show. Does it, does, does my talent yeah. at all factor into it? Or, or is, it is just this that, like, so that you can write a long Facebook status about how awesome you are for <laughs> casting a woman of color? I'll say it. I see a Who lot. I don't know. Everybody okay. online. It's like a lot of these like self-aggrandizing things about like we set out and mm. to make a big effort to blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it brings up complicated feelings of like, okay, you're feeling like, like that, but like at least you whatever have the thing of like you think you're good enough no matter what and you're just right. feeling bad for yourself that you happen to be like yeah. a straight yeah. white woman like that yeah we all have our things absolutely but there are just different sides of it yeah. mine is not the reverse of that it is just its own thing of like yeah. am i only getting this because of this yeah i think that's something maybe people don't realize it's true that like we all we all have insecurities. We all have things in our heads when we go into rooms mm-hmm. like that that are like, am I only here because of this or am I only here because of that? Like, I'm sure very like hot CW actor people are like, am I only here because I'm hot or something like that? Heather, Which is like, what a terrible to, problem to I have. I love that problem. <laughs> okay, we're both going to get there, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, sure. <laughs> But people, they miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. And I think they just don't understand that like this is uh, a systemic mm-hmm. level of yeah. that as opposed yeah. to an, a personal Yeah individual level of that I know, that's, insecurity it's it's really hard i i not, not to be like well i'm really on their side it's just like it is hard that they are for themselves in a place where they're like it must be because i'm like they don't it's just crazy that they don't think it's yeah. about their talent they think it's about their looks that is stopping them yeah wow 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 yeah, um, well i mean it's kind i think of... it's everything that's stopping me so that's my answer <laughs> I'm like, it must be actually everything. Ah, the insecurity yeah, of a comedian. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's coming against me? It's everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I feel we're like probably close to an hour at this point. I've lost track of time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to? Um, I let me think. I don't know. That's your right. thing. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I, you know what I've been thinking a lot about recently? Because uh, <laughs> Yes, I will tell you. Is like how many how many white people I've dated mm. in my life. Like, I'm just kind of like, I'm making a weird face right now because yeah. it's like, well, it's a thing of like, I've talked about this with people before 
uh, and it's like I was socialized a certain yeah. way in a yeah. certain type of environment. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I've been thinking recently because my sister and I have been planning this trip down to Peru mm-hmm. of like if I grew up there, which was a real possibility, like my mom was the only one of six kids who left the country. Like if I grew up there, how how different my life would be in general, but how different my like idea of not to get weird, but mm. my idea of love and attraction would yeah. be just yeah. to have grown up there. But yeah. because I grew up in like a white suburb of New York, like I feel like I'm attracted to a specific type of human. You know I, what I, mean? I, I understand that. And I think I, I get that, that it's like, well, I was in a white, most like that was the demographic of the, where I grew up with. But it's not just that on like a huge, on like a bigger level. It's like media and just these like ideas of like yeah. this sort of like Eurocentric Anglo version ideal of beauty yeah that has like recently been like changing and shifting but it is so ingrained for years that yeah. i think it is like something that i remember when i was like younger that i was like i'm not gonna yeah. um, like date a, a persian person like i was just like mm, no because that's, that's my whole life and like i just want to be able to that i, I don't want to feel like stuck that i have to do this because like right. my whole family has yeah. done it for so long yeah you don't um, want to be dogmatic about it either way yeah yeah so I think it, it's it's something that is like it is it's not that it's your fault but it's like it's your circumstances it is um it is society like on a huge media for level sure. for but sure. it, it, I think I understand that but thing it just of like, like it gives me not anxiety but it just it definitely puts me in my head because my sister and I have had the conversation a couple of times of like oh well if I have a kid I probably want the other person to speak speak Spanish mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. just to at least have that, like preserve a little bit yeah. of that. I'm not saying I'm going to be like this great, you must be Peruvian yeah, in every yeah, way, yeah. but just to like not completely lose that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it is, it is interesting. And I do not think about having kids right now in my oh, life. Oh no, me um, either. No, I, but saying, I just mean like, like that is not, I don't know if I will do that eventually, whatever. But I have had the thought of like, just like seeing like it within my Persian community of like seeing, uh, when people do like marry or date of like someone that is not that doesn't share their like heritage, I, I'm like, I think it's very cool when there is someone like uh, an Iranian person and a white person, and that white person is like embracing the Persian culture. Yeah, like it's for sure. to me, it's like as a, I'm trying to think of like how to say it. it's like not necessarily about where you're from. It's about how open you are to embracing the other person. I think a little bit. That was brilliant. You said that brilliantly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's. I understand that and I'm definitely attracted to like a wide range of people. However, it is something about being like what it is about the person is not necessarily their makeup. Right. But like the sort of person they are and how they approach life. It's like I've definitely (laughs) in terms of dating have been told by people in my past, like, I don't even like I don't even like white girls. And I was like, why are you telling me? Like, yeah, I don't want to. That's I don't, a weird. This thing makes to me say. feel weird. Like, am I your fetish or something? I don't like. Yeah, this. that's a really weird thing. So, to like, say. I think there's, that's also like the other horrible side of it yeah. is like, okay. I mean, I don't even look la- Latinx, but I still get fetishized sometimes. Yeah, like as soon as I just... tell people that information, it's like if I'm at a bar mm-hmm. and like there's a the human who wants to talk to me mm-hmm. and I tell them that I'm Peruvian, it'll immediately be like, oh, say something in Spanish. People like, are oh, fuck wild. you. Fuck you. <laughs> there was also, I Believe think it I, or not, I do not get that uh, ever. <laughs> people so. don't say, say something in Farsi. I, it's so weird, but like, no. <laughs> well, yeah, because Spanish has a specific rap in this country. But there was, sure. I think I might have mentioned this on this show once, but I was at a, I was at a friend's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm just going to keep it vague. Great. And, uh, uh, I met like a friend of my friend and we happened to be sitting next to each other in this booth and we were like chatting, whatever. I happened to mention my background, like that I'm Peruvian, I speak Spanish, whatever. And her response, and I'm not kidding, is to go down a list of every ethnicity of man that she slept with. <gasps> and the end of that list was like, and then I, th- and then I slept with a half Palestinian guy. I think that was the most exotic. And I was just like, my jaws dropped. <laughs> nice to meet you. Wow. <laughs> and that was to me, who's like the least diverse looking uh, Latinx person in the history of the world. So again, that's why I feel like, oh, these people feel comfortable saying shit to me that they would never yeah. say. But this is after you said you were Peruvian. That... Yes. Yeah. Why? So it's like, what? Oh, do you uh, collect people? Like, yeah. Oh, like, God. That's what it was that's like. Gross. So now I, yeah, I, now I just feel weird. If I'm in like a social setting mm-hmm. or a setting where it feels like people are like, 
trying to fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried. I tried to. I tried to be PG about it. <laughs> but that was PG. If okay. I, uh, and then I immediately failed. But if I'm in settings like that now, I have this weird little level of anxiety uh, added to it. Mm. I think. Interesting. I have like I guess on some sometimes it is. I, I guess this is back to my other point of sometimes it is attractive to me when someone doesn't care like mm-hmm. you know that isn't right away like hey so where are you yeah. from yeah it's just like oh cool you're just talking to me as a person and it yeah. doesn't matter where i'm my, from my right? thing is if someone's gonna ask questions about it be genuinely interested in it yeah like show genuine interest like ask specific questions like listen and respond but a lot of the times it's like oh cool you're i've gotten the like oh you don't look ethnic or like mm-hmm. oh cool and then it's like well, it, it, again, it, like it's not a box for you to check off. Yeah. It's an actual part of my mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. that you can engage with if you want. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't feel like people actually want. Are you to. saying you want them to say you don't look ethnic to you? No. Because no, I, no, no, I hate because like when no, people no, no, say no, that, no. Like, I hate that shit people... like that to me, or I'm like, okay, like it's one of those yeah. things. So like, it's a you look just like this person. It's like, yeah. what do I do with that now? Thank yeah. you. No, thank you. I yeah, look yeah, like yeah. your friend. Cool. I don't care. <laughs> no, I definitely don't want people to say no. shit like that to me. For sure. For sure. Jude. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's uh, end it. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to plug let's, anything? I feel like I already did in the middle of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, do it again. Sure. Yeah. Uh, here's where you can catch me uh, on the streets in the bars. <laughs> Google me, baby. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, my mod team, Night Eaters, performs the second Monday of every month at UCB Hell's Kitchen. Now at seven thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, my Independent team Kids These Days performs at the People's Improv Theater certain Saturday nights. <laughs> Google it, baby. Uh, Fly Girls is going to be on MNN uh, whenever we decide to be. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, but we are doing a workout at UCB Hell's Kitchen uh, March 21st. So please, you know, check out the shows. I love to see bodies and yeah. seats. Hell yeah. yeah. Butts and seats. Follow Butts Lita on everything that oh, yeah. she allows you to. Yeah. Um, you can absolutely request me. I might say no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most honest answer. Um, That's the most so, honest answer. I'm desperate you... <laughs> enough to be like whoever follow yeah, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at Lita Pita on Instagram, at L-E-E-E. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. I'm not going to get my Twitter. My Twitter, no one. I don't do anything on it. Nor do I. My not Twitter's garbage. It. My Twitter's um, garbage. But I'll put this out on, on Twitter for Yeah. Sure. Please follow my TikTok. Thank you. <laughs> Lita, thank you. Thank you, Adrian, for having me. Of course, this was so fun. Come back any time. When we're both like big and rich and famous, we'll do it again, and people. That's will be like, the next time we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. Okay. See you then. Bye. Bye, Clam. Bye, Clam. Nobody's gonna know what that means. Nope. All right. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Lita Darmian for coming in. Thank you to Simple Studios for the recording space. Thank you to Mateo Sounds for the song. Thank you to Esther Burke for the uh, the visual art. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes. It actually makes a big difference. Uh, and thank you for listening to the show. Please tell people about it. And please support the first generation and mixed race people in your life. They clearly have some cool and unique experiences so try to get to know them uh and don't be a dick okay please don't all right all right i'm gonna go now all right bye everyone okay bye (laughs) 